Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, I'll be reviewing 1992's Juice. And welcome to episode 103 of I Watch This As An Adult. Got a lot of things to talk about today. Really got two things to talk about. First, the the, the, the main event of this will be my review of the 1992 movie Juice. But before we get to that, man, 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 it's days like this. I wish I, I, wish I didn't do a show on Sunday because... The thing, the thing I'm gonna talk about happened on a Sunday. First off, so I didn't have the time to talk about it. I was like, damn! I was like, damn! Why couldn't this happen on like a Saturday or something? I could talk about it the next day. But yeah, man, I get, I, I, I get the, I get the bones of the shit. I get, the, I get, the, I get the scraps of what happened of the, of, 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 of the media week, you might say. Dude, like I get the scraps of the media week of, of of this of this controversy that happened last Sunday, uh. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. The Oscars were this past week, and I'm gonna just get to it. Everybody knows what the fuck happened. Will Smith smacked Chris Chris Rock. That's what happened. Will Smith. Went on stage. He went on stage and smacked Chris Rock for a joke that Chris Rock told about his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, who is and I watched this as an adult alum. I've I've, I've come to come to, to see, come to find that I have reviewed a lot of movies. That involved Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> There's a lot of movies I've done that I've reviewed, and Jada Pinkett Smith just happens to be in them. I don't know how they came to be, but I just it just happened. I've I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this: I reviewed more Jada Pinkett Smith movies more than I have Will Smith movies, and it's only a coincidence. I didn't put it that way. I didn't plan it that way. It just fucking happened. I I don't know what it is. But um anyway, uh so Chris Rock made a made a made a joke, made a G.I. Jane joke about Will about uh Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. And because because she was bald. She's she's she she showed up with a bald head. Uh, she has alopecia, is what she said. I heard about it in passing. I wasn't really like paying attention to this shit. I, like I've heard, I think my, I think like my wife told me because like she, she, she really follows this shit. I really don't. But uh, you know, <laughs> and she was like, oh yeah, Jada has alopecia, and I was like, oh poor thing, that's so sad. And but I'm gonna agree with everybody. I'm gonna agree with everybody. Who's been saying this? 
This is probably the only thing I'm going to agree with. Chris Rock had no knowledge of her having alopecia. So, he, he, he didn't know she had that. So, him making the joke, he just made the joke. And he was like, oh, it's a fucking joke. Move on. You know? So, he didn't know that she had the alopecia. But, I understand. Uh... Will Smith's actions. I know what, huh? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a lot of things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you guys. I'm gonna say a lot of things. Half of you will like it. Half of you won't. It's 50-50. Just like everything in this world, it's 50-50. Somebody has an opinion. The other person has an opposite opinion. All we can do is agree to disagree, or agree to agree. That's all we can do. It like it doesn't the people that uh the people that um were against the slap they're not bad people i don't think they're bad people the people that are for the slap i don't think they're bad people either you know it's 50 50 but like i say i'm gonna tell i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna say some stuff that you're probably not gonna like um my visceral reaction to seeing the slap because I saw it, I saw it the night of because I, I, I was watching the Oscars <laughs> I was watching the Oscars I saw it the night of and the visceral reaction to the slap and to the yelling because the yelling of keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth the, my visceral reaction to both of those things is that I probably would have done the same thing for my wife without hesitation. Without hesitation, without pause, I probably would have gotten up there and smacked Chris Rock <laughs> and said the same shit that Will Smith said. Without hesitation. Because anybody should know why he did what he did. Especially men in a relationship. Like he saw his wife was not happy. He saw that her feelings were a little hurt. And he had to make her happy again. Or he wasn't going home. Okay, we've all been in that situation where our wife wasn't or our wife or girlfriend or significant other wasn't happy and we look and we go, ah shit. Uh, let me let's go make this broad happy you know and <laughs> we gotta do what we gotta do i've been put in that situation i've been the receiver and the person doing it i've been both guys you know i've been on the end of a guy having to make his wife happy and i've been the guy that had to make his wife happy i've been both guys so <laughs> And I understood the other guy that had to come at me for something because his wife wasn't happy. I understood the shit. I was like, you know what? I understand. And me and the dude, me and the dude were cool. We were cool at first, but his wife wasn't happy and he had to get at me. His wife wasn't happy about something. I happened to be the cause of that thing. And he had to come at me. And I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at him. He did what he had to do. I would have done the exact same thing. I have done the exact same thing. So there's no there's no reason 
for me to get mad. Uh, but let's talk about the peanut gallery now. The comments that have been going on for the past week. A lot of people have been bringing up the the entanglement, which I don't even like calling it that. I don't like calling it that. Like she cheated. She cheated flat out. That's what she did. She cheated and she was wrong for it. I do not defend what she did. <laughs> she was wrong for cheating on her husband. But this happened six years ago now, y'all. This happened six years ago. They got over it. Why can't you? It was like If this man can forgive his wife for what she did, why can't you? Like why 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 y'all why y'all wanna hold this over this woman's head? Like seriously. Y'all like y'all been holding this over this woman's head ever since y'all heard about it. You know, and all the jokes were like, oh, she for the streets. And uh she be she 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 for everybody. I saw I saw a meme today. You know, I saw a goddamn meme today while I was on Facebook. Uh it's like a it was a picture of her with Easy E. And it was like, wow, everybody had a turn. It was like, yeah, she was a young woman in her 20s. Which she's supposed to sit with a fucking chastity belt, nigga. What the fuck? It was like, nigga, if you was in your if you in your 20s, you fucking everything that moves. You know? It was like, that's the double standard. I hate that fucking double standard. You know. And there's a lot of guys who are like, I want that's guys that are like fucking 28 years old, 30 years old. They're like, I want a woman that's a virgin. I'm like, nigga, you 30. You know? <laughs> You're fucking 30. If you want a woman, I mean, shit. Like, girls that are like fucking 16 years old, a lot of them ain't virgins, honestly. You know, a lot of them ain't virgins. But, like, if you're 30 years old, you definitely, you most definitely not getting a virgin, bruh. You're most definitely not getting a virgin. So, like, like, get off of that tip. Get off of that. You know, like, she was a woman in her goddamn 20s having fun. It was like, she, like, she's supposed to be sitting in a goddamn castle with a fucking chastity belt on waiting for a goddamn Prince Charming. That's not how fucking life works, nigga. You know, like, yeah, she had sex. She, she probably did have sex with Easy. Who the fuck knows? But like that that's that's how the work that's that that's how it goes, man. That's how it fucking goes. Um But yeah, like it's like y'all just steadily holding this shit over this woman's head, man. Just steadily. I'm like he got over it. Uh because I hate this. I hate I hate that they just steadily holding this over this woman's head. Because you know, if Will cheated on Jada with Margot Robbie, like everybody's been saying, it like it wouldn't be such a big deal. Y'all would have been like, if, even if she would have got upset, y'all would have been like, man, this is just pussy, man. It's a big deal. He stuck his dick in another girl. So what? That's what y'all would have been. Y'all would have been saying that. It, like y'all would have been, y'all would have been telling her to get the fuck over it and stand by her man. That's what the fuck y'all would have been saying. Um. So why is this? Why is this such a big deal? When Will stands by his wife after she after she does does this, you know why is it such a big deal? Another comment I heard from people was that if this was The Rock, 
he wouldn't have gone up there. He wouldn't have done that. First off, The Rock wouldn't have told that joke. Secondly, I can't speak from Will Smith. But for me, these hands are rated E for everyone, bro. <laughs> I do not care who is up there. They get in these hands. Size has nothing to do with it. Like I said, can't speak for Will Smith, but I can speak for me. Uh, another thing I was also hearing, I was also hearing black people say, why did he have to do that in front of all these white people? He making us look bad. Why he had to do that? They gonna think we all ignorant niggas and we just go up and slap people for no reason and all this stuff. And we need to stop this. We really do. We need to stop this. We need to stop caring about what white people think of us. Okay? This is 2022. Black people own movie studios now. Black people run businesses now. There are more black entrepreneurs now than any time in history. Why should we care what white people think of us? I like, I damn sure don't. I really don't. I don't give a fuck. Because I am an individual. Okay? I'm a fucking individual. Will Smith is a fucking individual. What Will Smith did, I don't give a fuck what he did, honestly. Like, if he wants to go up there and smack a nigga, he can go up there and smack a nigga. Ain't got no effect on me. Okay, I'ma still keep doing my thing regardless. I'm gonna be me regardless. I don't give a shit. Uh but what a lot of people don't what a lot of people don't understand is because I heard I heard a lot of guys, I heard a lot of guys say, Man, I would have handled that backstage. But what happened was this woman got, this black woman, by the way, got disrespected by another black man on stage. It like, I was happy to see that this man, this white, this, this, this man stand, stand on his conviction and stand up for his wife. I, I, I was happy to see that. And it turns out that it turns out that there were a lot of women that were happy to see that also. So, like, there's a lot of guys who are like, man, I want to handle that backstage, you know? Like, you didn't have to do that in front of everybody. But sometimes it's on site. You know, like, sometimes standing up for your significant other has to be on site. You know, like, this is how I know. This is how I know a lot of guys haven't been put in this situation where they have to lay hands on someone in order to protect their family. And... If a lot of them were in this situation, they would fold like an accordion. Because sometimes that shit is on sight, man. Sometimes you you can't wait. Sometimes you got to go up there and you got to smack a nigga, all right? Sometimes you got to go up there and smack somebody. Like, I've been in fights. I've been in fights before. I have had to muscle up on guys who are in my wife's space. Like, and there will come a time when you encounter someone who only knows violence as the answer like there ain't gonna be no talking it out 
There ain't gonna be no increase, decrease the peace. All this nigga know is throwing hands. What are you gonna do about it? You gonna let you, you gonna let you gonna let your woman get disrespected? Or are you gonna knuckle up and be a man and stand up for yours? What the fuck you gonna do? And I'm gonna leave you with that question. I will be back with my review of Juice after these messages. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Juice from 1992. I'm going to take a, a different approach to this review. I'm going to talk about the uh, technical part of the movie. And then we're going to get into how I watched it as a child. And then we're going to get into the actual review and what I think about the movie. Uh, first off, this movie was directed by Ernest R. Dickerson. I believe this is his feature film debut. He used to be, I want to say he used to be a grip for Spike Lee. Like, he used to work on a lot of Spike Lee movies. I think he worked on, uh, I know for sure he worked on uh, Do the Right Thing. I think he worked on, like, Mo' Better Blues and, like, a lot of those uh, early, a lot of those early Spike Lee movies. So, like, this is his first time uh, as lead director behind the camera. Uh, the screenplay was written by Ernest R. Dickerson and Gerard Brown. The budget for this movie was $5 million, and it brought in $20.1 million at the box office, which is damn good for a movie, a black movie at that. Well, black movie that came out in the early 90s, because black movies at that time, they, like, they weren't making that much money. They weren't making that type of money. Uh, that's, that, that's damn good for a movie like that. Uh, the movie has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 79%. Fun fact about this movie. Before Tupac got the role of Bishop, Donald Faison, Tretch, and Money B all auditioned for the role. The funniest, the funniest thing about this, the funniest thing about this is, uh, Tupac actually accompanied Money B to the audition. Because he... He and Money B were homies. They were in uh, Digital Underground together, which is a rap group. And Money, he, he and Money B, Money B auditioned for the role. Tupac was just standing there. Actually, he didn't come in and audition for the role. But the uh, producer looked at him, liked his look, told him to rehearse for the role, and he ended up getting it over Money B, his uh, his group mate. So <laughs> that was that. Uh, now let's talk about how I watched this as a, as a kid. First time I ever seen this movie, I saw it on uh, HBO. Is how I saw it. I saw it on HBO, and I was just fascinated with this movie. I think I saw it like a year later. I think I saw it when I was like seven. I think I was seven years old when I saw the movie, and I was just fascinated with this movie. This like this became like one of my favorite movies to watch. Like this is quite possibly like i want to say not quite possibly this is one of my favorite movies of all time this is i grew up just loving this movie i love this movie mainly because i love old school hip-hop like old school hip-hop is my shit other than uh 
other than like uh, heavy metal, I love old school hip hop. Uh, know the ledge from Rakim, like in the opening. That's that's just a that's just a fucking banger to me, man. I was rewatching it a couple days ago, and then they they hit know the ledge at the beginning. I was I was going to fuck off. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. I was just like that song. That song slaps. I love that song. Um, the main thing I like I like how we see each of the kids home lives like the main kids i like how the movie starts and we see each how each kid's home life is how they how they interact with their families and stuff like that and you got quincy uh played by omar epps you got steel played by jermaine hopkins you got raheem played by khalil khan and uh we got bishop played by tupac shakur and i like the fact that they all have different home lives uh, Quincy has a single mother and a brother. Uh, uh, Steel has a brother and he has like both his parents. He has a mother and a father. And uh, Raheem has a mother. We see, you just see his mother and his sister. You know, like he, I think he has an older sister. Raheem has an older sister, and he has a and he has a mother. Like that's all we see. And Bishop, man, like they all, like I said, they all have different home lives, but Bishop's home life is the most traumatic because his dad has uh mental health issues and like this is the early 90s when we didn't really talk about mental health issues like especially black male mental health issues so if they weren't talking about mental issues for anybody they damn sure weren't talking about it for black men (laughs) you know like uh but raheem also has his own problems because he's a teenager with a baby and his baby mama be tripping so <laughs> so he don't know he don't know what to do that's like he just caught in this situation where he really ain't got no money he's in high school and he's got a baby with this woman with this girl and he don't know what to do about it uh bishop is also getting bullied by the neighborhood thugs. So Bishop got it really bad. Really. <laughs> Bishop got it bad. Uh I love the chemistry between the four guys. That's my that's my favorite like component of this movie, especially like the beginning half of this movie. I love how they feel like real friends. You know, like they like these four guys got a bond, which is kind of heartbreaking. The, the, to see what happens later on when you kind of see that shit, you kind of see that friendship kind of, not kind of but you see that friendship really sprint, splinter apart uh, Sam Jackson's in this movie <laughs> as well uh, I guess he runs like a arcade for like truancy kids or some shit you know which is a little strange, a grown man hanging around all these teenagers you know, just kind of a little, little weird man uh, the there's a robbery scene in this movie. Uh, Quincy goes into like this bar, like he's just like on the outside of the bar, and uh, one of the guys, I think it's Raheem. Raheem's like, go in there, and give me some cigarettes, man. Come on. And uh, so right, so uh, Quincy 
goes into the goes into the bar and he sees like an old friend of theirs named uh, Frost. I think that was his name. His name was Frost. I think his name was Frost. They go, he sees a friend in there named Frost, and I guess Frost Frost just got out of jail, and he was like, "Yo, man, Frost, what's up, man? What you doing, man?" He was like, "Yeah, man, I'm chilling, man, I'm chilling." And he was like, "Yo, man, he was like, yo, come see a nigga when you when, when you have the time or something like that." He was saying, "Like, I," right. he was like, "Excuse me, one minute, I'm about to rob this place blind," <laughs> and he pulls out this big ass fucking shotgun. And I was like, yo, man, this shit is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> I mean, like, some people get robbed. It's not funny. Because that shouldn't happen to anybody. But the way it's set up, it's set up like comedy. Because this motherfucker just tells this dude, he's like, excuse me one minute. I'm about to go rob this place blind. And he pulls out a fucking big ass shotgun out of his coat. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, that's crazy." Uh, the scene when the when the guys are watching TV is where we get our first peek into a uh, bishop's psyche. Like we, we we start to realize that something ain't right in this dude's head. Like he a little he a little whacked. Like this is also where we get to see how great of an actor Tupac is. Like he gives just this amazing monologue about uh standing up for yourself and uh uh not being afraid and all this stuff and like it's kind of it it's a it's a sick fucking monologue because he's saying all the wrong shit it's like it's it's inspirational it's inspirational but it's also fucking crazy like they're looking at this dude like this nigga is losing his mind (laughs) you know uh Another thing I want to talk about, uh, Quincy's going out with a grown ass woman, <laughs> uh, played by one of the chicks from, uh, In Vogue, actually, I think it was a uh, Cindy, Cindy, her name's Cindy Heron, Cindy Heron from In Vogue plays, just plays this grown ass woman that Quincy's sleeping with, I like, I believe she leaves her husband for him because her husband is in the scene, the first time we see her, Quincy goes over to her crib, and he knocks on the door, and this guy, this old, this older guy, opens the door, and he comes in, and it's a weird fucking scene, bro, because you got her husband sitting there, looks like he getting thrown out, and then you got Quincy sitting there, which is this fucking teenage boy that she's about to have sex with, you know, and she throws her husband out, and then she starts having sex with Quincy. Who's like fucking 17. He's gotta be at least a fucking high school senior. He's like 16, 17 years old. But like that shit be happening in real life though. Like like grown women really do be taking advantage of these young boys. And like nobody sees an issue with it. You know like it's not even it's not even an issue in this movie. It's just like glossed over. They don't even like mention that. Quincy is a teenage boy sleeping with a grown ass woman with a whole husband. You know, this woman got like a probably got like a 401k plan and all this other shit. You know, and she sleeping with a teenage boy. You know, like it's it's fucking it's fucking weird, man. It's it's really weird. Uh I forgot to mention that uh 
Quincy is also a DJ. They talk, they, they kind of show that at the beginning. But Quincy is also a DJ who's like getting ready for this contest, which is where a lot of the hip hop elements of this movie come from. Uh, Queen Latifah makes a cameo in this movie. Like, I've always had a had a thing for Queen Latifah, you know, honestly, you know. So, like, her being in here is a plus for me. This is also when she starts transitioning from being a rapper into an actress. Like, this is, like, the start of that. Living Single kind of, like, solidifies that. She does, like, Living Single, like, what, a year later? 93? She does li- Living Single, like, a year later, and that kind of, like, solidifies her jumping away from hip-hop into acting so like that was the the solidification of that speaking of pedophilia <laughs> sam jackson is out here talking to teenage girls and it's just an afterthought like nobody just brings it up you just see him just like macking on a teenage girl you could tell that this girl's a fucking teenager because she's fucking tiny and she looked like a little girl he sees macking on a little girl and it's just fucking afterthought yeah moving on uh the boys like out of nowhere decide to rob a liquor store you know like raheem and uh bishop and steel are talking about it like they're just gonna go rob the liquor store and, like even quincy's surprised by it. he's like yo we doing what bro <laughs> like, you know uh and then like we get to like the dj contest which is where which is uh, uh, a scene where I say to kids, uh, like, you just gotta be there, you know? Like, you just gotta fucking be there, you know? Because a lot of people, there's a lot of young people that don't understand this scene. They don't understand DJ contests. Like, the DJ contest scene is like the pimp console scene in Willie Dynamite now. That Like, that's how far away we are from 1992. This movie's fucking 30 years old now. That's how far we are. It's like me uh, looking at Willie Dynamite, which I've, I've, I've actually watched Willie Dynamite, and seeing the pimp console in Willie, in Willie Dynamite. You know, the, 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 round, the round scene where like, they're talking about taking over territory and putting these bitches on the street and shit like that. And I'm looking at this. like I remember looking at that as a kid, a young person. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know? I didn't understand that shit. And that's gotta be how young people now look at the DJ contest scene in Juice. They were like, so niggas just got together and like scratch records and do like and people people was down with that? What the fuck? Um The liquor store robbery. Let's talk about the liquor store robbery scene. The liquor store robbery scene is where the tone of this movie changes. Uh because the beginning of this movie is kinda like a coming of age story. Like, it turns from a coming-of-age story to a crime drama. Uh, like, because Bishop starts going crazy and starts just taking out his friends one by one. He gets the taste of blood because, like, he shoots the man that owns the liquor store. He kills him. And then uh, he and Raheem get into a fight, and he, he kills Raheem. So... He's blood. He he's got a he's got a lust for blood, and he's he's ready to kill. He he don't care. And like Bishop, cause like Bishop is that kid that everyone knows in the hood. If you grew up in the hood, you know this kid. Like he's that kid that has like 
mental issues, but nobody wants to acknowledge it. So they just they just let the little nigga run wild, you know, like they just let him just terrorize the neighborhood because his mom doesn't want to diagnose him with a mental illness. You know, so like they just let this little dude run wild and terrorize the neighborhood, go rob people, beat up people, shoot people. You go to jail, you get, you get out of jail, you just keep you just keep going in and out of prison. And you know, like nobody wants to acknowledge that this guy has mental health issues. And that's Bishop. Bishop has mental health issues and nobody wants to fucking acknowledge that shit. Uh like but after a while, man, Bishop starts turning into a fucking horror villain. You know, he starts turning to fucking like Michael Myers or some shit. Like the 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 Raheem funeral scene, like the Raheem funeral scene, is like one of the most sinister scenes in cinema history because Bishop's at the funeral and like he talking to Raheem's family, talking about oh they don't know who who killed Raheem and he's talking about yeah whenever they got that guy like. We, they gonna bring him to justice, and we gonna we like we gonna make sure we catch the killer and all this stuff. And as an audience member, this shit is tense to you because you know Bishop killed Raheem. <laughs> you saw it happen, but his family doesn't know that Bishop killed Raheem. And you even looking you looking through the eyes of Quincy. Quincy's kind of like the surrogate audience member. Because he's looking, man. He's like, man, you know you killed, Ra- you know you killed Raheem, man. I saw you fucking do it, you know. So he was like, so, <laughs> so it's just, so it's just like, yo, man, <laughs> that shit's that shit's scary. This motherfucker is a super villain. Um, so uh, after a while, like Quincy gets scared, you know, because like. Bishop's pretty much like, nigga, you next. You know, when I decide that I ain't got no more use for you, I'ma kill your ass. And he like, I'ma kill Steel too, when I ain't got no more use for him either. Uh, so Quincy goes to see this old lady that sells guns because, like I said, Bishop threatened to kill his ass. Uh, and after that, like pretty much like Quincy sets up a final standoff with uh Bishop. And not gonna lie, I know I've been talking about Bishop's mental health issues, and I used to feel sorry for him. I used to feel sorry for Bishop, but looking at this shit now, I was like, Bishop had to go. This dude is fucking terrifying. <laughs> he's a fucking he's a fucking villain. I was like, I don't know if they ever did uh like top 100 like movie villains of all time or something like that bishop deserves to go on that list bishop deserve bishop deserves to be on the 100 top villains of all time that nigga is scary You're like he is the that nigga is the fucking boogeyman but uh, you know <laughs> he needed to go he needed to fucking go uh I don't know, for hip-hop fans, hip-hop fans might notice this, but I just noticed this after all these years that uh, Yo-Yo had, like, a, the, the 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 female rapper Yo-Yo had a blink-and-you-miss-it cameo in this movie. I didn't even notice it until I watched the movie back. And I had to look, I look, and I rewind. I was like, I was like, I was like is that who I think that is? <laughs> and I rewind, I was like, that's, 
that's Yo-Yo. Uh, for those that don't know who Yo-Yo is, Yo-Yo is a, a West Coast female rapper. She's from uh, Los Angeles. Uh, she was under Ice Cube. Ice Cube found her. And uh, she even did a she did a couple of songs with Ice Cube. Ice Cube's on like one of her uh, uh, top songs called uh, "Don't Play with My Yo Yo." Uh, they also did another song that's pretty fucking tight called "Bonnie and Clyde." Go check that out. It's uh, it's a uh, Yo Yo and Ice Cube going back and forth. It's fucking dope as shit. I love that song. Uh, so yeah, like she's in this movie, blinking, blinking, you miss a cameo. Uh, her and Tupac were actually cool with each other too that's probably how she got in the movie i don't know but um you know <laughs> but like the ending of this movie is like like all this gunplay because we got all this gunplay and bishop shooting people and all this stuff and the movie just ends with two guys just punching each other and one guy falling off of a bridge and like falling not falling off a bridge falling off of a building you know like it's like bishop died bishop dead he he had to go you know, but that's kind of weak. It was like the ending of this movie is kind of weak, but and I still enjoy this movie, man. <laughs> like I, would, I, I, I will recommend this movie if you haven't, if you've never seen it, uh, check it out. You know, the acting in this movie is just amazing, uh, especially from Tupac Shakur. This is his, this is his breakout role. You know, like like who knows like where he would have been if he made the right decisions in life you know like he could have been a huge star man he could have been a huge fucking star uh another person who doesn't get a lot of credit uh is omar epps like this is by far omar epps's best performance like his facial expressions it's not even like the acting his facial expressions tell a story and like his facial expressions tell you was on his mind. You you know what's on his mind with his facial expressions. His great facial expressions. Um, other than that week ending, like this movie was damn near perfect to me, man. Just for the week ending, I gotta give it a four out of five. Cause like it's not a good ending. Uh so that's pretty much it. Join me next week when I'm gonna shoot ten years later, actually. This movie came out 10 years later. I'm going to be reviewing The Rock's breakout role. Yes, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Next week, I will be reviewing The Scorpion King. So until next time, peace.